0: As we continue our chronological reading of the Gospels, we come to the eve of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the night when all the trials took place, the illegal trials, I might add. In, this passage, in these passages, we'll be seeing that Jesus has been removed from Gethsemane and taken for trial after nightfall, and these trials take place in Jerusalem throughout the night. We'll be looking at Matthew chapter 26, beginning with verse 57, down through chapter 27, verse 1, Mark chapter 14, verses 53 to 72, Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through 71, and John chapter 18, verses 13 to 27. Now, to lend perspective to this night, I've provided a table on the written notes of bibletrack.org, Illegal trials that Jesus suffered through on uh, beginning the eve of the crucifixion are listed. There were six, and um, consult the table that I have there on the middle of the page to see those illegal trials. In today's reading, we'll be looking at the first three. So trials one and two, when Jesus is on trial before Annas and Caiaphas in Matthew 26, 57 to 75, Mark 14, 53 to 72... Luke twenty-two fifty-four to sixty-five and John eighteen thirteen through twenty-seven. First, let's look as Jesus appears before Caiaphas in Matthew chapter twenty-six, beginning with verse fifty-seven. And they that had laid a hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off into the high priest's palace and went in, and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Beginning at verse 67, we see that Jesus is mocked and smitten. Verse 67, Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? Then we have Peter's denial of Jesus, beginning with verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, and said unto them that were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now let's get Mark's perspective, beginning with Mark chapter 14, verse 53, where once again we go back to Jesus appearing before Caiaphas, verse 53. And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. And Peter followed him afar off, even into the palace of the high priest, and he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death, and found none. For many bare false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain, and bare false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together." And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, "'Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee?' But he held his peace and answered nothing. And again the high priest asked him and said unto him, "'Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed?' And Jesus said, "'I am, and ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven.' Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we any further witnesses? Ye have heard this blasphemy, what think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. Then Mark's account of Jesus being mocked and smitten in verse 65. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to buffet him and to say unto him, Prophesy, and the servants to strike him with the palms of their hands. And then Peter's denial, beginning in verse 66. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also wast with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch and the cock crew. And the maid saw him again and began to say unto them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again, and a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. And the second time the cock crew. And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him before the cock crow twice, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. Now, over to Luke's account, in Luke chapter 22, verse 54, deals with Jesus appearing before Caiaphas. Then took they him, and led him, and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. Then Peter's denial, beginning of verse 55. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire, and earnestly looked upon him, and said, This man also was with him, and he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Then in verse 63, down through 65, Luke's account of Jesus being mocked and smitten. Verse 63, And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that smote thee? And many other things blasphemously spake they against him. Now over to John's account in John chapter 18, beginning with verse 13, where John deals with Jesus' appearance before Caiaphas and Annas. Verse 13, And led him away to Annas first, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Then the denial of Peter in verse 15. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest, and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servants and officers stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Then we have a trip back to appear before Caiaphas in verse 20. Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews also resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so?" Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas the high priest. Then Peter's denial, beginning in verse 25 of John's account. And Simon Peter stood and warned himself. They said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Well, here are four accounts. We only see in John's account an appearance by Jesus before Annas, the former high priest, and the father-in-law of the current high priest, Caiaphas. As an elder statesman, perhaps his purpose was to help his son-in-law build a preliminary case against Jesus in advance of the public and more meaningful appearance before the high priest himself. The accounts of Luke and John focus on different aspects of this appearance, this false trial, than do Matthew and Mark. John and Luke skip telling us about the false witnesses and go straight for the conversation between Caiaphas and Jesus regarding the identity of Jesus. Since Jesus was on trial for statements he'd made regarding his identity, Luke and John demonstrate to us that Jesus forces Caiaphas to supply those witnesses who heard him make such statements. The witnesses in the accounts by Matthew and Mark are feeble at best. Both appearances before Annas and Caiaphas take place in the wee hours of the morning, and therefore their illegal trials according to contemporary law, law of the day, Finally, however, Caiaphas asks Jesus directly if he's the Messiah. Mark records the very clear reply by Jesus to Caiaphas in Mark fourteen sixty two, when he says, I am, and ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Jesus answers in the affirmative that he is indeed the Christ, the Son of God. Now, the Greek word for Christ is Christos, and it's the word for Messiah. It's the Greek word for the Old Testament Hebrew word, Mashiach. This is the admission that they sought as grounds for his arrest and execution. Since Old Testament implications of the Messiah include ruling the world, they feel that they have all the evidence they need to get a prosecution before Roman court and a subsequent execution. Now, an interesting point arises from the reaction of Caiaphas, the high priest, after Jesus declares his messiahship. Caiaphas rinses his garment. In Matthew 26, 65, it's recorded. There are many instances of remorse, frustration, sorrow, and so forth in the Old Testament and the New Testament when people did such with their clothing. However, if you notice the command of Leviticus chapter 21, verse 10, regarding the high priest, listen to this. And he that is the high priest among his brethren... "'upon whose head the anointing oil was poured "'and it is consecrated to put on the garments, "'shall not uncover his head nor rend his garments.'" As a matter of fact, of the 40-plus instances in Scripture where garments were torn in such a fashion, this is the only instance of a high priest doing so with the official priestly garment. So what does that mean? Well, I can only read between the lines on this one. The command is clear in Leviticus 21.10, but the penalty for the violation isn't specified there. Now, it's a fact, however, that the Aaronic priesthood officially came to an end that day as Jesus reinstated the older priesthood, the eternal priesthood, the Melchizedek priesthood, with his death on the cross. Now, if you'd like to see more information about the Melchizedek priesthood, then look at the notes on Hebrews chapter 7. Is that a coincidence that he rent his garment and there was a command against it back in Leviticus 21.10? Well, I don't think so. Incidentally, this takes place early on Nisan 14. That's the Passover day when Jesus was actually crucified. Later that day, after Jesus breathes his last breath, a great earthquake takes place that splits that great dividing curtain which separated the holy place and the temple from the most holy place, also called Holy of Holies. Matthew records that earthquake and that splitting of the big old curtain in Matthew chapter 27, verses 51 to 56. Now, that would seem to mark the moment when the high priesthood of Jesus formally formally begins and that of Caiaphas formally ends. Now, keeping in mind that the priesthood of Jesus was the priesthood of Melchizedek, which was the eternal priesthood. Now keep in mind that Jesus, he hasn't been convicted of any crime at this point. However, that didn't stop the extreme physical abuse by the hostile crowds standing around watching the proceedings. The appearances before Annas and Caiaphas take place very early in the morning. One would assume that they are building their case against Jesus to be presented before the entire Sanhedrin, as soon as the council can be assembled by daybreak the entire sanhedrin has been assembled and the case against jesus has been in the process of being prepared through these preliminary hearings before annas and caiaphas which began around 2 a.m meanwhile peter's hanging with the temple crowd and denying jesus john spends more time talking about peter's denial than he does the actual appearance before the high priest by jesus Could it be that John was that unspecified disciple, of John chapter 18, verse 15? I mean, the one who gained entrance to this first trial venue with Peter? As a matter of fact, it was this unspecified disciple, and it probably was John, who helped Peter actually gain entrance into the area of the palace where the trial itself was being held. Peter is standing over with the palace servants during the trial. We see in Luke's account, verse 61, that Jesus actually looked over at Peter after his third verbal denial. You'll notice that none of the disciples stood with Jesus at the trial. It wasn't just Peter who forsook him. Particular note is taken in all four gospel accounts of this denial by Peter, probably in view of his adamant assertion earlier that he, above all the other disciples, absolutely, positively would not deny Jesus. So what marks uh, Peter's denial is particularly noteworthy is the manner in which he finally did so after being repeatedly confronted in Matthew 26, 72 through 74 and Mark 14, 71. You'll notice that Mark says that Peter finally began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. The Greek verb there for curse is anathematizo, And it means to invoke divine harm. The verb for swear there is omnuo, and means to take an oath. So here's what Peter literally did. He swore with an oath a divine curse upon himself if he was not telling the truth about not knowing Jesus. Wow. That's a vow strengthened with a curse. Now that's a strong denial. Is that a rooster I hear? Recall the words of Jesus to Peter at the supper in Luke twenty-two thirty-four. It says, And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. So just as Jesus had prophesied, Peter had denied Jesus three times. Now let's add a little additional perspective to this denial. First of all, John was probably that other disciple in John eighteen fifteen who assisted in getting Peter into the area where the trial was being held. So there were two of the disciples there. Jesus had previously asked back in the garden that his disciples be released, back in John chapter 18, verse 8. The others apparently didn't attend the trial, but these two disciples did. The distinction here is that Peter was the one who was asked about his relationship with Jesus and issued the denials. Allow me to emphasize once again, none of his disciples actually stood with Jesus at his trial. Now, in the next uh, Matthew and Luke accounts, we have trial number three, when Jesus appears before the Sanhedrin. We'll look at just one verse in Matthew, Matthew 27, 1. And then we'll look at Luke chapter 22, verses 66 to 71. Verse 1 of Matthew 27. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. Now Luke expands on that in Luke twenty-two sixty-six. And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people and the chief priests and the scribes came together and led him into the council, saying, Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said unto them, If I tell you, ye will not believe... And if I also ask you, you will not answer me, nor let me go. Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then said they all, Art thou then the Son of God? And he said unto them, Ye say that I am. And they said, What need we any further witness? For we ourselves have heard of his own mouth. Now, Matthew alludes to the council meeting in verse 1 of Matthew 27, but Luke goes into some detail regarding an appearance before the Sanhedrin on the heels of his tribe before Caiaphas in Luke 22, verses 66 to 71. It's now daylight, probably probably around 6 a.m. Upon being asked directly regarding his identity as the Messiah, Jesus replies in verse 69 of Luke's account, Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. Now, they're looking for a more direct answer than that, but, you know, this will have to do. Condemn. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today.